All we need is a little understanding Walk a mile in their shoes And if we keep our hearts open-minded We'll enjoy this wild ride called life And if we keep our hearts open-minded We'll enjoy this wild ride, this wild ride called life Welcome to another episode of the Truths We Hide podcast. It's your host, Annette, and I'm so excited to introduce you to Caitlin Thede. She has quite a story, and I and I can't wait for you to hear it. And she's so adorable. Like, seriously, thought I was looking at my cousin through the, through the screen because she's just got that smile. But she's got this amazing background. So um, I'm going to pass it over to her so she could tell you all about it. But listen in, you guys, because there's a lot to be said here. So thank you, thank you, Caitlin, for being on here today. Yeah, thank you, Annette, for that nice little compliment and for the invitation to share my story. Um, so how far back do you want me to start? Well, let's talk about your entrepreneurial journey and how you kept on going while you were in, while you were living out of a domestic violence shelter. Yeah. Okay, cool. So that was in 2018. Um, I uh, moved in with this man who was, I call it a slave ship. Um, and uh, really crazy stuff went on. And when I come to find out, I really truly believe he was involved in human trafficking. And I'm really glad I got out of there. Um, and it started, it's so funny. So I was having my business all the while living with a man who wouldn't let me keep a dime I owned, you know, a very financially oppressive, um, mentally controlling, like I was about to go on pills because I thought I couldn't trust myself. I thought I was actually crazy. Um, he had convinced me of that. And then um, I got a client and she specialized in, uh, in teaching about culture to corporate company, companies, but she also helped women um, talk about um, fine traits in men. Uh, and one of them was master manipulation. <laughs> she, she, she was talking to me about something. I was like, oh, that, wait, that sounds exactly like what I'm going through. And it's just, it was so funny because it was not an emotional insight. It was very much logical. Like <laughs> my client did not even try to help me, but I was like, oh my God. And she just like completely tore down my perceived reality and made me realize like, holy crap, this is the situation I'm in. So um, what I ended up doing was I basically paused with her, right? All my clients at the time, I was like, I'm sorry, I just can't do this, you know, personal emergency. So um, my friend helped me flee to a domestic violence shelter. And it was so hard because at that time, I feel like I was really going through my spiritual awakening, um, really sitting with deep truths about wow, I thought I knew what love was, but it turns out it was just, I knew how to please people. Or, um, you know, it's all these wounds, how everything was just so backwards. Mm. Um, and even it showed up in my business because I was just there to please my clients. And I was so hard on myself. I would work until I got sick. Literally, I would, um, I like, I was never enough, you know? And so I would, I would over give and like under give to myself, but over give to my clients. I would, um, 
Yeah. And so when I paused at that time in the domestic violence shelter, it was a very hard time for me, Go ahead. even in business, because um, uh, I, I felt so guilty that I had to pause because of a personal emergency, you know, to pause my service. So it was a really interesting time for me, for sure. Uh, so how old were you when you were going through all of this? Because that sounds like a lot. Yeah, I think I was 30, 29, 30. Yeah. And I still remember the day I entered the, the domestic violence shelter. And so this was the time, by the way, I was working at a corporate company and I would show up to work like completely disheveled and like, you know, no one ever said anything. They're probably just like, oh, she's tired or something. But then one day I came in crying, realizing how dangerous I was actually, the person I was living with actually was. And I told my boss, I was like, I'm sorry, I can't come into work today. And he gave me three days off to like move out and do everything like secretively. And it was, uh, it was really interesting. Um, yeah, so 30 years old. Um, and what's more interesting, Annette, is that this is my second abusive relationship. When I was 24, 18 to 24, I was with a man who raped me. Like I was engaged to him. And um, I had done a lot of growth that, since then, you know, breaking the engagement and stepping into myself, starting to what I thought was loving myself. But then to be lured into a relationship with this man who was, stole my money, my life savings, everything, like I was groomed. It clearly showed that I was still not completely right with myself, you know, that I was still vulnerable to this kind of thing. Um, so 30 years old. Yeah. How did you, first of all, I, I'm so sorry that you went through that. I, I can't imagine. Mm -hmm. I just, how did you get the strength to try and leave? That's a great question. Well, what helped me was, um, my will. I have a very strong will. So I was totally in denial of having PTSD. Uh, you know, and uh, so then I entered this relationship and it was clear, it became clear to me how chaotic my mind was, you know, and um, this person, this new person in the slave ship, uh, he really, he really saw that. He saw that I couldn't trust myself, that I couldn't trust my mind. And so he used it against me to, you know, control my mind. And um, it got to a point where I was like, I need to know what's real and what's not real. And I could not differentiate between the real world and my head. So I decided to go to therapy on my own. And I think by going to therapy on my own, because I was able to be vulnerable and be truthful with myself, I was able to just um, put myself first, even in an abusive relationship. You know what I mean? Put myself first as much as I could, right? Um, so I was just committed to number one, getting better. So by committing to love myself first, that I think gave me the strength to eventually one day be like, well, I really, I, I realized I had a choice. You know, I realized I had a choice. I didn't have to stay here. This is my choice. And so um, an opportunity came when I, when I could finally prove his actions, his deception and his um, ill will towards me. And in that moment when I confronted him and had hard evidence and he was like totally denying it and, and acting out, that is when I was able to see his true colors and accept my reality for what it was like, okay, this man clearly is abusive. I am in the right. I'm not crazy. I trust myself. And that's when I, that, that's from the moment where I was like, okay, I just, I'm doing what I need. And friends always help. I had, I had a best friend in another state who 
needed help. And thankfully she had been through a very similar situation, probably a worse one with another like master manipulator who she had married. So I'm grateful to have people in my life who were experienced in this and kind of gave me tips on what to do and how to handle it. Gosh, that's so important. I'm so glad you have somebody because I'm thinking of my own daughter. She's going to be 20 and where, you know, where would you have turned? What would you have done? Maybe you would have been stuck and staying in there and not knowing that there was a way out and not gotten that will and that strength to, to find yourself, love yourself. And that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is just friends. That's the only way, you know, you have to stay connected to people outside who are not biased. That is so true. So how did, when you were going through this relationship, did you ever talk about it with anybody else or were you just, you were really trying to find positives out of it? Yeah, totally. (laughs) You know, totally bypassing everything (laughs) positive. That's definitely one part of it. But I was talking to people, and this is a scary thing. Um, how I had met him was through someone I had known in my childhood, um, through Facebook, of all things. And, you know, so as part of a community, I thought I had friendships with these people. Turns out the people I were talking to were just as corrupt as this man. You know, if you can see through him and see through and not pick up on that energy, it clearly showed that um, they were just as damaged as he was. You know, so I was talking to people who... They, they knew everything that was going on, but it's like they saw no problem in it, oh. you know, just like, oh, it's just a relationship. I'm, oh, she's maybe, maybe she's stressing the, the truth. Maybe she's, maybe it's not true, you know, and just, um, yes, I was talking to people, but apparently it wasn't the right people. And then my family, you know, I had so much shame about being in that situation, right? So I, you know, I wanted to get out by myself because this is the crazy thing too. imagine as a business owner, me telling, teaching people like how to have more money teaching them how to be stable. And here I am like totally not doing that. It was so embarrassing, you know? So I think it was kind of saving face to, um, at one point to be very vulnerable. At one point I, I basically became a shell of who I was. I felt like I sold my soul then. And, uh, I was just conditioned to get money, to get money, to almost sell my body for money, to ask an uncle for money to like my brother-in-law reached out. He's like, Hey, this isn't like you. Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, I didn't know. Like I was so disassociated from who I was that I was like a slave to the needs of this relationship, you know, to, I was like a money vehicle for him. And, um, so I think there's just so much shame with that that even when I talk to people, I'm sure I didn't tell the truth because even I didn't know the truth for so long. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah. You, you'll tell anybody anything because you haven't even processed what was going on. I'm okay. Don't worry about it. I'm okay. What are you talking about? Yeah, is this normal? It's just a relationship problem? Yeah. Oh, I was so naive. Oh my goodness. And then even in the domestic violence shelter, I still believed he there, he was not bad, right? I still believed he was not manipulating me. I still believed he was not abusive. Um, and that's the crazy thing. Like it took me, it took me many months after leaving to actually be free of that control. Oh my gosh. So how long did you stay in that shelter? Uh, probably about two months. Okay. I remember I left on Valentine's day. This is the crazy part. I moved to an, <laughs> you cannot make this up. Oh my God. I moved in to, with a roommate, Craigslist roommate, you know, I needed something somewhere fast to live. Uh, another like very toxic person. And um, I, I was threatened, my life was threatened there. Like 
I was scared to be home. I ended up being escorted by a police officer. But while I was living there, I realized like the importance of frequency and vibration and how I really believe to some extent I attracted all this because I was just number one, so naive. I couldn't feel energy. You know, I couldn't detect things because I was so disconnected from myself. And that's in that situation after the domestic violence shelter um, where this woman was like accusing me of things that I never was doing, like drinking and um, again, accusing, being accused of being crazy, being accused of doing things because I was in my room all day on my computer as an entrepreneur, but some people can interpret that as other things, I guess. Yeah. And um, so uh, I learned in that situation how to embody a love frequency with all the fear around me and danger present. And I really think that is what freed me from the situation too. And, and that's when in, in these uh, situations, I, it was clear to me that the East Coast was not where I needed to be because I only had pain there. So I was like, okay, I'm moving to California. I'm moving to California. And I, I just knew that um, my time on this side of the coast had ex expired. I do believe it's like the vibration, honestly, the energy is so different on the West. So um, yeah, that's what I did. So you're in California now still? Nope, now I'm in Nevada, laying my roots here. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, were you residing at the time? Um, all over the place. So uh, talking about persistence, and I hope when people hear my story that you don't feel sorry for me, it's not a sob story, but I just want to show that this is persistence. Like, um, so when you commit to something, the universe will meet you. And so um, my commitment led me to, I was supposed to be in, uh, I forget the name of the town. I ended up in Costa Mesa, California. So near like Southern area. But actually I, I had spent months building a relationship again online with people who I could live. I was looking for like barter living situations, you know, which probably wasn't the smartest, but you know, people do it safely, they can. Um, it was like some Spanish family and I really wanted to learn Spanish. So I was like, I will live with you. And then uh, you know, I would love to learn Spanish, you know, keep around the house, whatever. Um, that fell through one hour before I got there in California. <laughs> so I ended up living in Airbnbs. I just kind of like nomadically, uh, <laughs> yeah, living in the Costa Mesa area, um, a little bit out of Los Angeles. Um, it was so great in so many ways because it, I learned how resourceful I was um and how resilient you know no that's amazing oh my gosh i can't believe that it fell through an hour before you were supposed to get there <laughs> yeah it was crazy i was like oh my gosh but but it's it's it's, it's funny too because at that time it clearly shows i was comfortable in chaos and thriving on the seat of my pants you know and now yeah. having my business and 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 really reshaping myself, conditioning myself to be organized and structured. I cannot live off the seat of my pants anymore. And it's so wonderful. Like I am such a different person, you know? Um, so th that's what I bring to, to the creatives who work with me because let's face it, many creatives have trauma, <laughs> you know, that's why we're creative. <laughs> so naturally it's like, everyone's like chaos, free flowing, uh, you know, <laughs> I surrender to the flow. Meanwhile, their life is like in shambles or their business is in shambles and they're really stressed and anxious. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, let's, let's get a little, uh, let's, let's put a little structure and organization into this. And then 
like it's it's really wonderful to see these transformations where people can use trauma or chaos to submit to them and really um find business to be so easy and like actually creative and fun and not like a, a burden to learn no i love that you say that because it is it's so hard when you're in the middle of a crisis or your own ptsd or depression we don't see a happy point in our life it's all just doom and gloom but you're teaching business people how to find that positive yeah. in their business and how to keep thriving and doing all that and so i think it's so important and so needed because 10 years ago we didn't know about that we weren't even having the conversation of being in that different mindset of the sad the being depressed mm. we were just I think we were just holding on to that and we didn't have anybody to talk to, but now we have people like you. They're like, no, let's, let's make this into a creative experience and use it more positively. So I think that's amazing. And you're so young too. So I think it's so, it, gosh, you've been through a lot in your years, yeah. but now you're here and you're, you're just making it so such a, a just a positive experience. I think that's, oh, that's so great. So you, you. you have story speak enterprises and that's where you are teaching business curriculum. How yeah. To, okay. Yeah. Um, so you, let's see, how are you helping businesses do this and how are you, what kind of curriculums are you teaching them and, and helping them with? Great question. So I want to give a story because it will help connect the dots a little more too. Um, how I became teaching business curriculum uh, or became a teacher of curriculum instead of consulting for people um, was when I recognized that I would work with these creatives. They'd pay thousands of dollars to me to, uh, you know, redo a website or upgrade their brand position. And it's like they were attached to the results. They wanted me to get the results for them. So I would do it for them or I would advise them. But it's like they were leaning on me as a crutch instead of really understanding things for themselves and being able to pass that knowledge onto a team member or an outsourced agent who can do it on their behalf, you know, to free them from their business. And I began seeing how I was enabling so many people to not be responsible for their business, you know. They wanted to just do the fun stuff. They wanted to do the fun stuff they liked. And I, I was like, I can't, people didn't care about their audiences. Um, they really didn't care about forming relationships with people they wanted to uh, sell to. They just wanted to get money and get clients, you know? So um, I began teaching at first branding. So I focus on three operations, branding, marketing, and sales. So that's the three curriculum, the three operations we have now. Um, it's going to extend into a 12-month program right now. It's just that those three operations that last about three to six months. But um, essentially, when you hear branding, it's very vague, right? Or, or sales or marketing even. And everyone has their own interpretation, right? So some people think, for example, okay, a brand is a logo. And it's like, no. <laughs> and then someone will say, well, marketing is social media. And it's like, no. And then someone will say, well, sales is collecting money, you know? No. So what I teach is they just see the front surface of maybe the result of an operation, right? Where, and so I teach the, um, basically what I teach is how to think 
like a brand expert, how to think like a marketing expert or a sales expert. And so by creating operations, which I call systems and really order of events or procedures, just procedures that you have in place to make sure that um, uh, you're doing your part in business to attract people who are a good fit for you. And then more importantly, um, once we have those things in place, like the mental aspect and basically I use, and cut me off, I'm talking a lot. If you wanna interrupt, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> No, I, I, I love that you're, you're explaining all this because you're right. Okay. When I started this accidental entrepreneur journey, I didn't know <laughs> the brand was a logo. I didn't know that sales was, you know, that sales and marketing was so much deeper than what we're seeing on the surface. So it's, you know, I appreciate that you're explaining that because we don't, some of us don't know. I don't know. I'm doing this. All Good. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so what we're learning is right. Like I could never explain to you what marketing sales or branding is in a conversation, you know, and so many people want to learn in like a phone call, Well, what is it? And it's like, right. you know, I can, I, you're never going to get it until you're actually doing it and learning it. And I had taken business school. Um, so they never taught me any of, they didn't teach me business in business school. You know, <laughs> it was not at all business. Like, so how I learned these things was by working in corporations, working in, um, small business operations from the inside out. So I saw how they did it. And I, it's so funny because at the time when I was working there, like I didn't really get it. I was just like kind of doing the motions. And as I have my own business now, I'm like, oh, that's why they did that. Like, or that's why they did this. And so it's really cool that um, I definitely have real life experience. It's not even my experience. I would say it's, it's the experience of high level figures that have passed on um, their knowledge to me. No, that's great. And I think it is so important because there are a lot of businesses out there that aren't really working for it. They have other people do it, so they don't know. And it's all about the money and how many people can we sell to. And I think it's important to educate them on that. You know, you have to be, yeah. I think authenticity and being personable with your clients is so important nowadays. We're too often, we just pass things on. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's not a big deal. So yeah. that's really, Thank that's you. really great. I love that. Oh my gosh. So where do you, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Ooh, it's like an interview question. Okay. In the next five years, I see myself and I have a team too. Abigail's on my team too. Oh. Um, yeah. I'm, I see myself um, wholesaling out my business to university. So it will be uh, represented. Legacy brand leader journey will be represented by higher learning institutions, nonprofits to their clients, you know? And so those organizations organizations will essentially rent my program out and pay me. I see myself um, maybe adopting, having adopted kids, but definitely being self-sufficient on a homesteading property, um, but definitely still doing what I'm doing today in a different capacity. Um, and like, there's so many more dreams I have, Renee. Like I'm also a, a singer, so I, I write music. And uh, we want to start a food co-op in, in our new town we're moving to. So, <laughs> how fun! Yeah, I, I love it, and I love music. We need to talk offline because okay, I, when I was like thirteen, <laughs> I used to write music in my little journal, and then I took singing lessons for like five years. So my dream was to be famous and have my own album and all that. And then I joined the army, but you know, wow, happened. <laughs> 
I still love singing to myself and I love music. Love, 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 love. So um, I think that's, oh, I love that. I get so excited. I can't that when, when are you going to release an album then? Yes. I've been releasing an album. I, I mean, I've been doing it for like 12 years. <laughs> no, you know what? Album. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think, I, I don't know when I'll release an album, but what I'm going to start doing, because I'm realizing, especially the world we live in, I used to go to a studio here in Reno. And number one, it's pricey. Okay. But number two, I'm like, you can't even go anywhere anymore. So I'm just going to have my guitar, play it like raw, raw live recording session. And I think just release songs here and there and then slowly compose that as an album. <laughs> oh my gosh. There, there's endless possibilities. Endless. Yeah. Endless. Yeah. I have a pink guitar, a pink Fender that I bought wow. in 2005 when I thought I was going to learn how to play guitar, uh, but I'll never get rid of it ever, ever, ever. I think it's the coolest thing ever. A big old pink Fender guitar. So in my mind, one day I will play the guitar, but um, how exciting. I see so many things for you. Oh my gosh. So you're going to have to keep yeah. And I am really proud of you for getting out of your situations and going and doing what you love, just being you in such a, a role model for so many young women that you can, you can make it through. So good for you. That's awesome. Thank you, May. I appreciate that so much. You're so welcome. So where can people find you? Because you have amazing things that are going to be happening in your life. <laughs> yes. Well, um, my website is storiespeak.net and then um, all my, you know, everything is story speak enterprises, the name of my business on Instagram, on Facebook, um, LinkedIn. But if you want to connect with me personally, I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn as Caitlin feed, which I'm sure you'll write that out. <laughs> okay. Well, this will be in the show notes and it will be in the podcast guide and you need to follow her so you can see her what she's going to do next because that's so many dreams that can obviously be accomplished because you've made it through so much. So very excited. I'm excited for you. Thank you, Renee. Uh, you, you're wonderful. I really appreciate you. And I, I can't wait to follow you and learn more about you too. Cause thank you. Army, you have the stories. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> that's a whole other topic, but <laughs> that's for later so <laughs> thank you so much for reaching out and for being on here i appreciate you yeah well stay in touch thank you uh, of course thank you thank you for listening to the truths we hide podcast created and founded by your host annette the founder of a wild ride call life also a big thank you to all of our sponsors for each and every episode that is aired. We have so much support from them and all of our listeners. You can find more information at www.awildridecalllife.com.